there are so many amazing professionals out there dedicating themselves to helping our first responder communities. My next guest is one of them. Dr. Sashi Ananda is the director of Shatterproof at FHE Health, and her number one goal is to help first responders return as soon as possible to their roles as public servants in their communities and families. Dr. Ananda is a licensed medical health counselor, certified master's level addiction professional, and clinical sexologist. You do not want to miss this episode. Dr. Sashi Ananda from FHE Health, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Patrick here, hosting creator. Thank you for tuning in to the show. We know you got many options. If you love this show, which I'm sure you're going to with Dr. Sashi, share this show and others with your family and friends and give us that five-star rating on Apple Podcast and review. We sure would appreciate it. And head over to the website, cjevolution.com. You can find all my episodes there. Big shout out to you, the first responder, whatever you were doing, wherever you were at, thank you for doing it. And remember this, you are honored, cherished, and above all, you are loved. Here's a real life story that affects 50% of all of us out there. It's called divorce. If you've gotten divorced and now you're struggling to pay your bills and your credit card debts are completely out of control, you need to call this special debt relief hotline right now. We help people with all kinds of money problems caused by different life challenges, a divorce, a job loss, even heavy medical bills. All these life events can sometimes financially stress you out and cause you to get out of control. We help people get their lives back by showing them ways to consolidate and reduce their debt, in some cases for a fraction of what they owe. If your credit card balances are more than $10,000, call us and learn how to reduce your credit card bills and monthly payments now. Here's our number. Paid for by Debt.com. Call now at 800-810-1569. That's 800-810-1569. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. Thank you for that powerful message, Jimmy. A lot going on in the world. A lot of people are suffering, but you do not have to do it alone. If you are suffering right now or you know somebody who is, please reach out to FHE Health today. 844-650-1399. That's 844-650-1399. Or reach out to me directly. 303-960-9819. Let's get you the help and treatment 
you need and deserve. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Very excited to have my next guest on the show. She is the director of Shatterproof at FHE Health, and she's also a friend of mine. And we're going to talk about a variety of different good things in this show. She is Dr. Sashi Anada. Welcome, Dr. Sashi. Yes. Hi, Pat. <laughs> How you doing? Good. I'm really thrilled to be on this uh, show with you. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, yeah. I, we can get into how I know you uh, in a minute. But, uh, yeah, I mean, tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up working with first responders and doing the amazing work that you do. Well, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> <laughs> how did I end up here and how did I get so lucky and privileged? to work with such a, an incredible population of people, the first responders. Um, well, I uh, I started off with a, a variety of different career fields. Mm -hmm. I actually started off as a uh, newspaper reporter. Oh, wow. That was, must have been fun. It was fun. I was the editor of an actual Asian American newspaper in Seattle um, called the International Examiner. Now, if people were to look that up, they'd be like, okay, she's lying. I don't see a Saatchi with the International Examiner. I'm Googling and I it actually um, had a different name. My oh. birth name, I was going by up until I moved to um, end of my years living in the Pacific Northwest and in Florida. So I changed my name to um, Dr. Saatchi Ananda, which is um, actually my spiritual name. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I would love to talk about that. Yeah. More. I mean, I, I think, well, first of all, for the listener, the, how I know Dr. Sashi is she was my therapist when I was, <laughs> uh, when I was a patient down at Chatterproof. And I'm not ashamed to say that. And I'm, I'm an open book, Dr. Sashi, like, like, you know, and we've had many discussions, obviously, when I was, was with you when I was down there. But one of the things we talked about was spirituality and, and law of attraction all, and, and all those things that you believe in. And I'm all for that. Now, if you would ask me that, maybe a handful of years ago, I would have been. No. Right. But I love how that's your, your spiritual name. Can you dive a little bit more into that? Yeah. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing. Um, and this is totally voluntary. And even Pat and I talked about this before the show about me being your therapist while you're here is I'm <laughs> used to being the listener. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. I ask the questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get you to talk, and now it's the the tables have turned. <laughs> the tables have turned. All right, I'm going to ask you some tough questions. Yes, no, some childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> no, Doctor Sashi's wonderful, and you know, for the listeners, you really have to to look at her uh, site and what she's doing for for Shatterproof. But yeah, uh, getting back into your your spiritual name, I mean, that's that's amazing stuff. I, I think it's it's great. Yeah, so you know, um, it that the spiritual piece really gets into how I got into this role because I feel like it was only by the grace of God and mm -hmm. the universe had some greater plan for me that I had no clue was going to happen in my future, and uh, I could have never dreamed I'd be in this type of position. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, so I started off as a newspaper reporter, worked for a nonprofit world, um, fighting the fight for immigrant voices. Yeah. And um, I decided that instead of just 
being more of an observer and capturing people's stories, I want to be able to have much more of an influence mm -hmm. and an impact. Um, and so I started getting interested in doing therapy work, but it was really my, my teacher, my spiritual guru, who she was doing um, work in addiction, using some of her meditative practices and her philosophies. And I was at the time transitioning. I got, I got laid off from the newspaper world mm -hmm. because I moved from the journalistic part to the advertising part. And at that stage, the economy wasn't doing so good. But also in general, there was such a big change from media turning to online. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, from print yes. to digital. Exactly. So um, when I moved to the the business side of the journalism world, I just wasn't for me. I, I can't sell anything. I'm, I'm no salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all salesperson to, to yeah. you know, to a degree, yeah. but, but I, but I, yeah, I think we are, you know, we're, we're selling something every day, for example, you know, we're, we're in the business of providing help for, for people we're selling. Um, I think we're, we're, I think we're salespeople, every one of us, but some people like it and some people don't, but I think we're always constantly selling, you know, I mean, yeah, like I, I asked you, I said, Hey, yeah. Sashi, come on my show. I sold you it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, I think we're all, well, you know, I do anything that you ask. Yeah. <laughs> But I could see how, you know, some people, eh, you, know. you know, that's funny. I hadn't really thought of that, but I, I do in, in many ways, sale, sell, um, recovery. Yeah, exactly. Getting better. And I guess uh, maybe in sales, it's motivating people to do something. Yeah. It's not your traditional sales, but I think we're, we're all deep down what we're trying to, and I maybe sell is not the appropriate word, but we're trying to convey a message. We're trying to get yeah. a message across. We're trying to give back. And so in a roundabout way, I think that is selling. Yes. <laughs> so um, back to how I got here. So I uh, was laid off from the, the newspaper world, had some time to get retrained by the government with unemployment uh, and the benefits related to that. So I looked down the list of all the retraining opportunities I had and out, uh, what stood out was drug counseling. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, this is cool. You know, my, my guru's doing it and she's doing some amazing work. And I thought, oh, great. I had this really naive idea about the recovery world, which was, I can't wait to help people and get better. And what I discovered was people with an addiction are probably the most resistant clients you're going to get. Like typically they don't come voluntarily they come because there's either been some type of intervention with family problems at work or problem with um, legal issues like a DUI and whatnot. So I had this naive idea that people would just love to hear what I had to say, how to help them, but it wasn't the reality at all. You know, yeah. they, they kind of, like I said, come kicking and screaming. And even during the treatment process, a lot of it's so much about helping them uncover that denial and get the acceptance that they have a problem. Yeah. And then once they get the acceptance, they have to then ask for help. So like so many stages. So I came in a little naive about what I could do. And it was really great learning on my part. I learned on my own too, that I um, had some affiliation with uh, my father was a drinker. Although uh, I wouldn't say like 
alcoholic per se, but I, I you know, as I'm talking, I, I'm thinking I'm rationalizing a lot of his behaviors. <laughs> I still got some work to do on my own here. <laughs> but he got like DUIs. He's yeah. uh, I'm Vietnamese, by the way, Vietnamese American. Yeah. And the Vietnamese male culture tends to have a lot of drinking. And and I think in my mind that's how I normalized it and thought it was okay. Yeah, it was just healthy. part of the part of the culture. Yeah. Yeah, just part of you hanging out with the Vietnamese guys was drinking. Um, and then I looked further and I saw like ex-boyfriends and ex-husband. I was like, oh wait a minute. Gosh, you know, I think they had problems with alcohol too. <laughs> yeah. So I had a lot of light bulbs come on while I was getting trained in the um, drug addiction recovery world of my own stuff issues of codependency and um, boundaries and all this other crap yeah, <laughs> that I yeah. personally had to work through. And thankfully I've, I'm on a spiritual path that really helped me like grow. And so when I, um, my guru, uh, I was living in Seattle at the time and then my guru um, moved out of Seattle into uh, Florida trying to get some more sun. And me again, being naive, I was like, oh, I'll go to Florida. Sounds great. You know, <laughs> follow my teacher. Yeah. And it turned out, wow, South Florida turns out to be the recovery capital of the world. I was like, oh, my God, I just studied this and I just found the best job. Yeah. And so many jobs to choose from. <clears throat> so there's the universe working in my favor. Exactly. Yeah. So I was at a previous treatment center doing the drug addiction work. But then I realized, wow. Substance abuse, actually, there's so much mental health that goes yeah. along with it. And in fact, the world is changing, even healthcare, where they're seeing that substance abuse is really probably driven by underlying mental health issues. Absolutely. So then I, I had, I decided I wanted to get my master's degree in mental health counseling so I could be more of a general therapist. Then as I moved along, I realized, wow, you know, one thing I noticed is a lot of people with addiction, mental health problems there oftentimes is some sex, sexual or sex abuse issue, sexual trauma. And, you know, not a lot of people are talking about it. You mm -hmm. know, it's a very hard, sensitive topic for a variety of reasons. And then that's what prompted me to get into the clinical sexology um, doctorate, which I have as my, um, that I studied. And so I had all this training uh, on top of the sexuality work and then also I got into trauma work with um, learning about um, EMDR then I got hired luckily through a colleague to FHE Health at the time called Florida House um, and I started off um, I knew I there's something that drew me to working with first responders and to this day I still don't exactly know <laughs> but I just have a lot of, I feel like I can really relate to a lot of the issues with first responders. And I just have so much respect for what they've committed their life to do and what um, problems they have and barriers to um, their career and serving their community and family stuff. Um, I just knew I wanted to work with first responders and the program director at the time she took a gamble on me. She, um, we just connected on many different levels, personally yeah. and professionally. And she's just like, you know what? I want you to try you out with the first responder program. Yeah. And rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. It's an amazing journey. And I, I really love the fact that you, you know, you, you said law of attraction 
you know, the universe a couple of times. I'm, as you know, Dr. Sasha, I'm a big believer in that. And it's amazing to me how the universe, God, whatever you believe in, always puts us where we need to be at the time. I mean, at least in my opinion. Oh, you know, yes. I mean, we're always at the right place in time, even though it might suck and we want I want to be there. Yeah. And who wants to go to treatment? I mean, very little people, if any, wants to go to treatment. But we're always in the place, I think, where we need to be. Yeah. And, and at the time, like you say, it feels like this is the wrong thing yeah. at the wrong time. Like this couldn't be the worst time for something like whatever. When is, when is the right time? Exactly. <laughs> I tell people, yeah. look, the, the traffic lights of light are not life are not going to be green <laughs> all the time. You know, so sometimes you got to take that chance and follow your intuition or what your inner voice is, is telling you to do. And the one thing that I learned, Dr. Sashi, when I was down there through you and others through treatment was, you know, empathy. You know, now I'm more empathetic than ever, having been through, you know, tr treatment and, and still in recovery that I am more empathetic, not just to first responders that are suffering, of course, that's my background, but just anybody who's suffering out there, because there's so many of us that are suffering, you know, from mental health challenges, addiction challenges. And I agree with you, it all stems back to mental health, but I'm much more empathetic than I was before. And that's what's so um, awesome. I mean, there's so many levels of coming to a program like Shatterproof. It's just the things that the areas that, that it can impact, of course, you yourself, you get better, but then now you have more empathy for other first responders and just in general, other people with addiction and mental health problems. Wow. Just think if, if other people in the world, first responder or non-first responder could experience and experience that, then how much of a better world would we be if people were more compassionate about each other's? Absolutely. Just taking a couple steps. Because I think what happens with a lot of people, you, you, I'd love to hear your opinion. A lot of people just, you know, they, they want everything at once. Mm -hmm. They want to get better, like right now, but or it's yesterday. not, yeah. or yesterday, <laughs> but it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And if you take those baby steps, one step at a time, you're going to keep improving, you know, cause it's a process. But I think a lot of people just punch a clock, whatever, say, I want to get, I want to get done with this, get back to my wife. And I always tell people, look, for me, Dr. Shashi, the real work began once I left treatment. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, that's when I'm at the airport going, holy crap, this is reality. Mm -hmm. I'm out of my bubble. Yes. Now. now that this is the real work. So I tell people all that all the time. I mean, the treatment is amazing. The only kind of in, a, in the country. But that, the, it doesn't stop with there. You know, it doesn't stop when I leave. Exactly. And people, as you know, people come back sometimes for a second time. And that's no no shame in that. Yeah. And I see, uh, of course, we'd love it one and done. And we'd love to provide that that um, that guarantee that one time will do it. Yeah. But I've worked with clients who are been coming back and every time it's something else, some deeper layer we're getting to. Yeah. And you, you think that, okay, that's gotta be it. Right. But yeah. no, there's more. There, and, and that's, <laughs> I know I that's the... <laughs> it's like an onion, it's like an onion. It's like peeling back an yeah. onion. And, you know, I think that's even more so true in the first responders because you guys wear that mask and, and that um, exterior facade so well, then you cut, you, you've had to cover up what's really going on inside so you can do your job. There's so many more layers than the civilian. 
that we, to go to unpeel and to get to. So we we were talking beforehand, and you know, there's there's a there's a lot of treatment out there, treatment options available. Um, ton of them. It seems like everybody now has a, a first responder program. You know, jumping on it. We FHE's been around for a long time. You know that. Why? Why should people out there, why should the listener consider coming to Shatterproof when there's so many different options out there? Well, I think that's a great question. And um, I, I definitely want to put out there, like getting any help is better than nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So like, like me, again, not being a salesperson, I wouldn't want anybody to think that we're the only place. But I do think we're a special place. And I Absolutely. think that we... There's something about FHE Health and Shatterproof in particular, like there's a lot of heart and I just feel like that can be felt by the quality of care that we give. Now, we're not perfect and no one- Nobody uh, is. Ever, yeah, no one is <laughs> and we never pretend to be. But I'll tell you that the staff here from the CEO on down, um, we, many of us give 110% because yeah. we have a really strong passion for first responders and getting them better. Um, do we get stressed out? Yes. Do we get overwhelmed and, and things don't go exactly right and all that? That's that's life. That's life. <laughs> yes. But we do it pretty damn good if you ask me. But I think going back to what you said, as far as, um, the ability to give a variety of services to first responders, considering the complex complexity of their issues, places where they have a um, program or a track for first responders, they just, because of the infrastructure, um, they just don't have probably the ability, the resources to provide a variety of services that FHE can, so FHE Health can, which is the benefit of us being part of a bigger program is we got access to all the other services. We sure. got psychiatric, neuro rehab services, unbeatable, I think, across the country. First responders, a lot of them come for that. Um, we've got the bio bed we've got um, different trauma interventions i mean you name it we got it yeah so one intervention may not work for you like i don't know pat for you well you're you're the one that worked for you the best and the ones that worked for you least if that didn't work that's okay we got this too yeah we got this too got here's this the other too. option we could do we could do acupuncture or music therapy or music therapy. or yoga or breath work or whatever yeah, I mean, I would love to be a client. <laughs> Could you? <laughs> well, it's so funny. A little, a little <laughs> secret to the listener. I actually, and this is this is the truth. I actually, I was, I, I was so amazed down there. I got such good treatment that I actually asked Doctor Sasha, "Hey, can I stay a little longer?" Yes. <laughs> and you were yeah. like, "Now you got a discharge." <laughs> getting our back biggest to problem actually <laughs> that no one wants to leave. You know, a lot of yeah. facilities are trying to prevent people from leaving treatment early, you know, AMA against medical. And, and our biggest problem is no one wants to leave. Yeah. And there's, you, you said it, there's something about there. Obviously it's the people down there, like you and other staff members that are working down there, but there's, and I hate to sound corny, but I'm going to say it anyway, there's like a magic going on down there. And the, some of the best times I had, because we're all first responders, fire EMS, doesn't matter where we're, we're in our own little section over there. 
some of the best times I had were just sitting around with other first responders and people having open and transparent communication. That something you don't see. Yeah. And I'm talking about first responders from around the country, you know, just sitting in the courtyard where we're at and just having these amazing conversations. But that's the type of synergy or whatever you want to call it that happens down there. You know, is people, most people are not ashamed anymore that they're in treatment and they feel comfortable with opening up to people like you and to other first responders that actually work for the program. That's another thing. A lot of them are former first responders, fire, you know, yeah. veterans and things like that, which is another huge plus. Well, you hit upon the real, the secret sauce, you know, that it's the community um, connection. You know, we have all these great services and treatment and therapy. The whole point of that is actually to create the least amount of distractions so that they the community can really connect with each other and and that's the true healing if you ask me yeah exactly being at the housing at the barbecues together sitting around after the groups and actually just being yourself for once taking off that mask taking off the mask and that judgment that you may have had of others and other people are first responders before you came to treatment that goes away and you just become heart to heart talking to each other, being genuine, but also calling each other out on stuff oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> you can't, can't try to BS BSers. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and you know, what fills my heart the most is, and we just had FHE um, alumni camp. I know. Yeah. And there were for the first time, a dozen of our shatterproof alumni had come all the way one, all the way from Alaska, paid their own way, spent how many hours on the plane to get to this three day retreat. And it just filled my heart because they were telling me we, they all a lot of them still keep in touch, you know, sometimes like even daily, like they're doing daily hellos and months, you know, a year or two after they've been together in the program like that to me like it's so special you're we're, we're planting seeds and the clients are watering it to bloom so that you have this entire network of support after you leave the program. absolutely i, I like still you said the work is after you leave right? and i still talk to your point i i still have a, a text thread that i talked to about 10 or 15 probably it's 15 uh former patients that i was in treatment with and we we chat you know, we might not get on the phone every day, but we're constantly texting each other. And when one is down, the others are lifting him or her up. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, to, to travel from like Alaska, I mean, that says a lot about the program. And and just for the listener, you know, once you're done with the program, and, and Dr. Sashi knows this and other people that might be listening, is you're alumni. So you you still have access to things that at that FAG Health and Shatterproof. It's not like, okay, see you, you're out the door, goodbye, good luck. No, we set up IOP and all that other stuff, as you know, Dr. Sashi. Well, yeah, we also, uh, I think we have a strong alumni Facebook. And yeah. um, there have been uh, support group Zoom meetings, self-initiated by alumni that, that's, you know, across the country now. So it's just. And that's huge. And that's, yeah. you know, feel, being a part of that community once you exit still being part of that community is very powerful. Mm -hmm. Now, we were talking beforehand about, you know, some of the, you're a clinician, you've been doing this a long time, you talk to a lot of first responders. Why is it so difficult for first responders, in your expert opinion, to, to come forward and say, look, 
you know, I need help amid, you know, it, it only happens when everything is burned down, figuratively speaking, you know, everything is in the toilet. Why is it so hard when to get first responders to, to make that call mm-hmm. and to, to come forward? What do you think about that? I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always, I'm a big, uh, believer in looking at some of the early childhood development stuff and how that really affects, um, how people grow and as adults and develop as adults. But it seems like by and large, you know, first responders become first responders or want to become first responders because they've faced adversity mm-hmm. growing up, whether it was within their own family, where let's say one of the parents wasn't around very much and they had to be the uh, primary or well, practically head of household had to be the one to take care of everybody. You know, they're, they're interested in getting a career where they're helping other people. Yeah. So they're dealing with a lot with childhood stuff, which I agree with. Exactly. So if you grow up and, you know, people also tend to, if they were bullied growing up, they may end up wanting to be a police officer because they don't want to have anybody be a victim of that kind of thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they experienced themselves or just witnessed it and they were the protector, they may naturally want to go into that type of field. So they've already built that shell around them from under the age of 18. So they've already learned that their feelings come last and other people's comes first because that's what they are. They're trained to do. Yeah. Trained to do. Exactly. And so you get that and then you get first responders who've been a first responder for one or two decades. Think about how much even more that's been instilled and validated. You're the one with help. I'm okay. I don't need it. Um, if I gotta I be, str- I gotta be strong and I'm, yes. it's a sign of weakness as if I come forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it can be part of your identity. And if you take away the fact that I'm the helper, not the victim or the person who needs help. If you take that away from me, wow, what do I really have? You know, and we're talking, you know, I just want to put it out there. We're talking about, um, First responders who, who who may not have a very strong foundation in themselves where they may at some point later in their life develop a substance or a mental health problem. Because, you know, I always have to remember too, I might have kind of a skewed view of first responder world because I work with like the ones that have been very sick, mm-hmm. probably very sick for a very long time. So I, I, I probably tend to talk in extremes. And I, I just want to put it out. I don't mean to talk into extremes, but what I see with the clients I work with is, is just a very long history of overcoming, overcoming trauma after trauma, starting from a young age and, and carrying that through to their jobs where things just get worse. Because if you haven't done healthy things in your life uh, before becoming a first responder or while on the job, that just compiles and everything gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, absolutely. And there's only yeah. so much that we can fill our cup up with, right? I mean, yeah. there, I mean, there's there's so only so much trauma that you can see. I don't care how big and bad you think you are. Eventually, it's going to spill over mm-hmm. into addiction, like you said, failed relationships, whatever you want to. And I speak from example. I mean, so, I mean, there, there's only so much that your cup can fill. Mm-hmm. 
And then it's going to bleed over. It's going to spill. Right. If you're playing a first responder on the job and then also a first responder-ish type of person with your family, taking care of everything, always being there for everybody, 24-7, you know, you're there. where's the time for your own self-care? And so you can imagine if your whole world is, if, if your family sees you as the first responder and the job sees you and your community sees you, imagine how hard it is to then say, take that off and actually take the step to say you need help. That rocks your whole world if you well, have to do that. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned identity. You know, I know for me, when I, when I left, it was, I went through like an identity crisis. It was like, yeah. okay, who am I? Well, nobody's calling me anymore. Nobody's, you know, the, the latest crisis or whatever it is. All right, we got to figure this out. It was, okay, I'm, I'm no longer a cop anymore. Or a fireman or a paramedic or EMS or whatever. So I think a lot of people, in my opinion, go through that. You know, I'm, I'm okay, who am I? This was what I, what I was trained to do for so many years. I, don't. I think that's the biggest problem I see. Uh, you know, first responders come in after they've retired, no longer on the job, or those who have somehow been injured or, or, or somehow not in the field anymore, either by choice or not. It's it's a huge, can be a huge identity crisis. Exactly. Who am I without yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> who, who am I? What do I do now? How do I go <laughs> yeah. forward? You know, what, what do I, how do I, you know, figure out my life mm -hmm. and there's no shame as you know in coming forward and saying look i, I need help you know I, but it's so hard as we were talking about to to get people to that point you know of, of saying it's okay to come forward i think we're getting better i don't know what your opinion is i mean it's society as a whole but i i think we got a long work long road ahead yes mm -hmm. i think departments across the country are getting better with supporting their um, officers or firefighters or whatnot who have a problem rather than just trying to terminate them, mm -hmm. that they are seeing that there's mental health and addiction problems that if they can get help, you know, they, they come back to be even better at their jobs. I think that's, um, it's slowly happening that, that, and, uh, and oh, go ahead. I was just going to give credit to the peer support teams out there they're fighting the fight there they're they're helping each other and yeah. seeing the problems and only you know really the peers are have the largest influence whether someone's going to get help or can even absolutely talk to another person it's that other officer it's another firefighter and that's a, another yeah. issue that as you probably know dr sashi that a lot of departments and organizations struggle with is that internal culture of an organization um, I'm not painting everybody the same way, but a lot of it, a lot of sometimes it's just the culture. You just don't, you might walk the walk and talk the talk, but the actions say otherwise. And, you know, that, that's a big problem, I think, that is still occurring in a lot of organizations. Yeah, absolutely. And it all starts, like you mentioned, from the, when we started with, with the brain. We're learning so much about the brain. And that's why I love, you know, FAG and Shatterbrain, because we're doing a lot with brain work, you know, and brain health and stuff. And once you... Once you can kind of recalibrate that big organ on top of your head or your <laughs> head, you know, everything seems to get better, right? Oh, for sure. And that's what's, um, and I'd say in the past decade, you know, just there's been so much more knowledge about the brain and it, it's really great to see a place like this that can keep up with it because it's, it's 
exponential how much you're, they're learning about how the brain affects everything. Yeah. And once you, once you get that figured out, I, I think it's, it, it's still a lot of hard work, but as soon as I got done with neurotherapy down there, I was like, okay, coupled with the, all the other treatment modalities I was going through, I was like, hold on, it was like a light switch. Oh, right. Nice. It was, it was like, wow. You know, because it's actually helping repair those areas of the brain that needs attention, which before years ago, you know, we didn't, we didn't know much, but we're constantly learning. What was it like for you? I'm curious when you, you saw the results of your brain map. It was amazing. So for the listener, we're, we're talking about neurotherapy. Uh, um, and, you know, it's different from, from neurofeedback. Uh, this is neurotherapy or uh, neurostimulation is what they call it. But Dr. Sashi asked, so you, at, at the beginning of treatment, you know, you get a scan of your brain. And then at the end of treatment, now in the middle are treatments, but at the end, you get a before and after, and it is, it's night and day. It's actually on the website, FHE website, you can check out. It, it is literally night and day. Okay, here are the areas, and they're colored. And then now it's, there's no more color anymore. And it, it was, I can't describe it. It was, it was amazing what we're doing oh, down wow. there. And that gets back to, again, I know I'm, you know, beating this. We, we talked about it a little bit, but that's what I think one of the big distinguishers between what we're doing down there and other programs. Yeah. Great. Well, Dr. Sashi, I appreciate your time. Any final words out there, any words of encouragement that you want to give the listener about treatment coming forward, life, spirituality, whatever you want. Well, I do want to say, because you've been open, Pat, about your journey and your therapy and me working with you. Um, I just think if somebody like you can have a positive experience and to now do what you're doing and just trying to help other first responders get help, uh, that just speaks volumes to uh, um, what we are trying to do here. And uh if we can make one cop happy, <laughs> we can make and firefighter and, and firefighter <laughs> and EMS. Yeah. And we can't, <laughs> she didn't mention me. I'm a firefighter. <laughs> no, she, all first responders, right? Yeah. But I think just in general, like again, like it, it's, uh, of course, we'd love, I'm, I'm heavily biased about shatterproof, obviously. Yeah, but me too. Just having conversations now talking about PTSD and mental health and substance with first responders is such a huge step forward. And it, with all the stress that's happening in this date and time of where we're at, uh, all the, the struggles and the challenges um, with society, um, I really feel a lot of hope that things are getting better Mm -hmm. it's going to take more time it's going to take anybody listening whatever you can do to help support a first responder to open up to even just ask him how are you doing no I really want to know what you're how you're doing not just the typical response I'm good I'm fine and, and just really sit down and, and spend five minutes with them whatever you can do to help our struggling first responders uh if I could leave with a, a message is, you know, a smile, a thank you, anything. Yeah. Um, that means a lot, you know, when, yeah. when somebody comes up and even shakes my hand and says, when I was on the job and said, thank you for what you do. I mean, that, 
makes my day. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a simple dressers like that too, that mean the world to first respond is military too. Yes. So amazing. And, and that let's not forget too. I mean, obviously Florida, we were talking about it before Dr. Sashi just got hit with a devastating hurricane. So keep in mind all the the people out there for the listeners and prayers go to, to Florida uh, as well as the first responders that are now going to have to, to work in the aftermath of such devastation. Yes, thank you for that. We uh, wish wish the state here and everybody who's been affected uh, to be safe. Dr. Sashi, you're amazing. Thank you for for taking the time coming on the show. If people want to reach out to you, how can they how can they find you and learn more about you? Oh yes, well I'm happy to. Um, I believe I'm on the website. <laughs> I think I'm you safe you are. There. <laughs> you're on the website. And I'd give, um, Pat, your permission, give um, my email office number. I'd love to hear from anybody. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Sashi. God bless you. And I'll see you sometime uh, down the road in the near future. Good. Yes, I know you were supposed to come, too, and the the hurricane got Yeah, hurricane was like, uh, it might be kind of hard giving a tour in, you know, whatever, however the winds were. Oh, yeah. But we'll make it up. We'll, We'll be down there, and I'll be down there soon. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for having me. On All the right, show. Dr. Sashi. Thank you. Right. Bye bye. Such a great episode with Dr. Sashi. She's amazing, as are everybody down at FHE Health. You can also check out this video portion of this great interview on YouTube, CJ Evolution Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Until next time.